0: This is Maria Plata, and I am here to tell you all about the random things I learn every day. I am a mom, a wife, a teacher, a highly sensitive person, and just a creative soul who wants to share my day-to-day learning with you. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast, and let's get talking. Hello, and welcome to episode 41 of the Plata Life podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about part three of racing Bilingual Children. Um, It's a little bit more the hands-on, the how am I going to do this, uh, more of the plan that I'm going to be sharing with you today. Um, If you haven't listened to part one and part two, they're the previous two episodes, so definitely go back and listen to those first so that this part makes a little bit more sense or you can kind of kind of have more of the background to that so um but anyways before I get started with part three let's just share a little bit of what's going on in the world today the first five minutes or so my son went back to school yesterday um if you're listening to this not on the release day it's the year 2020 and things have been really crazy obviously because of COVID and such. And so I've been sharing my journey as a highly sensitive person with how we've been handling the virus and all the extra thinking I've been doing, uh, all the extra, extra thoughts in my head because of it, uh, and just kind of navigating the everyday life with that. Um, so, yeah, my son has been doing virtual learning, So he goes to a Montessori school here uh, where we live in Arizona and the school year started online and they've been pushing the date back of when he could go back uh, until this Monday. And so they gave the family choices of do you want to stay online? Do you want to go back to in person? So we had to make the decision of what we wanted to do and I left it up to the universe and the universe did not move the date back <laughs> this Monday. So the cases have been going up in Arizona again. It's been kind of a whirlwind. Been going back and forth. And it was, is this the best choice? Should I have waited? Could he have waited and done online learning some more? Um, so... He went back yesterday and it went really well. I feel pretty secure with how they're doing things. You know, the kids are required to wear face masks. He has a smaller class size. They're able to do a lot of their learning stuff outside since he's in a Montessori school. The work itself lends itself to be more um, like you don't have to be in a desk all day long, mostly because Montessori setting is already like, the kids are already separated, like, the work is, the environment, that's what the word I'm thinking of, the environment's already lends itself more towards, you know, working by yourself or with a friend, um, instead of, like, small groups, or sitting in clusters of desks, and the classroom's already bigger, has windows that you can open, they're outside more often, so anyways, I just felt like, I think I'm comfortable, let's, I'll just, listen to my intuition and my intuition was saying send them back and just listen to your intuition every day and the science and obviously we're taking temperatures every day and monitoring for any symptoms we went and got tested last week just to double triple check um because we also did a play date on the weekend so um, the people we did a play date with also got tested and we're just being extra, extra cautious so that we don't pass this virus around mostly. Um, since my husband does work outside of the home, I just want to be extra cautious. Uh, so ASU, you know, the university's actually doing saliva testing and we, it was super easy to do, got the results the same day. Um, so I think that's just going to be part of our new normal. We're going to be getting tested every so often just to make sure we're not, you know, passing this thing around. Um, yeah, it's crazy, like, you make all these plans and you think things are going to go a certain way and then plans change in, in a second, plans can change, so I just, we're doing the best that we can, and I think, ultimately, that's all we can do, and I think next week I'll do an episode about that and kind of, you know, how our perspective can change so quickly, so... Um, yeah, he's back in school baby's is asleep in my arms as we speak, so if I stop the episode is because I might need to wait till the next nap since he's been asleep in my arms and not in the ergo carrier. I'm just sitting here in peace and quiet recording this episode right now, so anyways, uh, we'll see how it goes the rest of this week, and just grateful to have the opportunity to be able to do this and to really sit in that gratitude of where we are in life right at this moment, not where we are in life tomorrow or a week from now, but where we are in life right now, and just sitting in that gratitude before I begin diving deeper with this topic. So I'm glad you can be here for this moment, and I hope that you are doing well health-wise, emotional-wise, mentally, and if you're not, just take the time to take some deep breaths in and out and just sit in this moment for a little bit longer. That's me breathing. Um anyways, yeah. So next week I'll definitely try to share some of the resources I've been working on outside of this racing bilingual children, just more of the HSP piece. Um, I'll talk more about the meeting we had this month and all of that good stuff. Anyways. So part three is now where I'm going to share kind of the what now. Uh, So in part one, I talked a little bit, you know, like how we got to that place of where are we and how my son's not really bilingual, even though I thought he would be at this point. Part two is kind of analyzing more of like, how the heck did we get here? And what that means for me as a highly sensitive person dealing with some of the trauma that stemmed from me having to learn English as an immigrant, kind of having to sift through that. And then part three is like, all right, so I know all of that. Moving forward, I'm going to have to have a a plan that fits our family and our needs and is a little bit more realistic. Um, So like I mentioned before, having my son when he was born up until he started preschool, I was like, oh, I'm a Spanish teacher. It's going to be so easy. He's going to be bilingual. And then here he is, six years old and is um, he understands everything in Spanish. He'll respond to you in Spanish if you force him to, but because he is a highly sensitive child and the, his personality, it just sometimes he resists the language and so he'll shut down a lot faster than some other kids will. So I know putting him in a dual language classroom or in a Spanish immersion program would have been a great benefit to him. But I feel the Montessori setting for his personality and him being a highly sensitive child, like his emotional and mental health was prioritized over the bilingualism. And I, that's really hard for me to just kind of say out loud because I'm a Spanish teacher. Like that's, <laughs> I suppose this is my one job and I didn't do it. Um, but looking back and really reflecting on everything, it's just, You as a parent you have to prioritize certain things. And for me, that's just kind of like a non-negotiable, like I, yeah, for sure prioritized his sensitivity over his bilingualism. And I used to feel bad as of five minutes ago. (laughs) And up until this moment, I'm realizing, you know what, there's no reason to feel bad about that. Like it is what it is, and I made the decision, and that's my job as a parent. And so feels kind of good and kind of like a relief like yeah that's where we're at and so now we can move forward um so this is kind of where I share the plan so I'm going to kind of guide you through the process of how I created this plan and I am the rest of the week actually taking the time to develop some sort of like worksheet type thing that I can share with uh, parents uh, for my October newsletter that I, I share out a newsletter every month with parents who I've either had their students for my Spanish classes or I know them um, as previous coworkers or I know them as friends who are raising bilingual kids or they just want Spanish resources. I've met them, I've met people through Instagram and they're Spanish teachers or they just want Spanish resources for their kids. Um so definitely they have a, a group of people who benefit from me creating these types of things. And so I'm going to be sharing this with you, um, if I can get it created this week. And the baby just woke up, so maybe he'll let me, he'll go back to sleep and he'll let me just record this episode. If not, I will hit pause and do it later. Uh, So yeah, so I just kind of made a chart. um, On one side, it says me. On the other side, it says my son. And so I had to just sit and think about who I am as a person. And what I bring to the table, and then who my son is, and who he is as a person, and what he brings to the table. I think oftentimes when we think about learning language, we think about things that work for language development and learning language um, as a resource, like I've mentioned before. And these are all great pedagogy things that work. For everybody, um, you know, when you implement them in a class setting, it's fantastic and it works really well. Um, and so oftentimes as a teacher, what I would do is just say, well, I need to take what I'm applying to my house, to my home, you know, like what I'm applying in my classes and just teach it to my son. The problem is that the relationship we have with our own children oftentimes is way more complex um than the relationship a teacher has with her students so my challenge was how can I take what I know to be best practices in teaching a language because I did that for a living um, and I can I still continue to do that how do I do that now with my son when we have a more complicated uh dynamic to this piece like I'm not I'm not just teaching him Spanish and I can't just be like, oh, let's sing everything into a song. I'm also having to navigate his meltdowns and navigate dinner with him and navigate outings with him and navigate COVID, you know, pandemic in the middle of everything. So there's so many more layers when you think about the parent child relationship. So when you kind of tell parents, well, you just got to stick Spanish. It's just stick to Spanish, talk only Spanish to him. Like, Yes, I've said that to parents too, and I'm like, oh, I probably could have done a little bit of a better job explaining what I meant by that. Um, but there is a more com- complex dynamic in the relationship between parent and child that I think we often overlook. And so, a lot of times, parents who are raising bilingual children they haven't processed through the language learning piece themselves and they haven't really thought about the dynamic of the relationship with their specific children. Um can feel really kind of oh my gosh, everyone else around me is teaching their kids Spanish and I'm not, so I'm all alone. So I must be doing something wrong. And so then there could be a lot of shame in that. Um so I'm here to tell you if you're one of those parents like me kind of struggling a little bit like let's get on this struggling bus and just do it together. Um, So this is my plan. And this is kind of how I'm going to attempt this journey. Um, I don't know, I could fail miserably, but I'm already seeing some benefits to it. And I started kind of implementing this, you know, in the past month or two, and just kind of sharing what I'm doing so that you could maybe do it at home as well. So Anyway, so I kind of made a, uh, three columns, actually. So I made one for me, one for him, and then our goals. Um, this could be kind of like a short-term goal or a long-term goal, you know, depending how your brain works, because we're all different people. I can't tell you. This could be a three-month goal, exactly. You're going to measure it. I mean, you could do that if that's you're more of a logical person, I'm not, I'm more of like a feels, intuition type of thing, so, uh, which makes this obviously a little bit more challenging for me, because it's harder for me to track growth and data and stuff like that, so, but anyways, all right, so, um, obviously what I bring to the table, and I just made a list, you know, I'm fluent in Spanish, I can speak it, I can write it, uh, I can read it, I obviously, um, I've been a teacher, so I know a lot of the pedagogy behind education. Uh, I'm trying to learn more about the Montessori way of learning so that I don't negate what my son is doing at school because I tend to do that and I'm like, oh, that's right. Like The purpose of him going to Montessori school is so that he develops this sense of self and I'm just a guide. I'm not supposed to sit him down and be like, do this now. Um, I'm supposed to just watch him and observe him and and kind of guide him in his learning. Um, so that's been a little bit of a mindset shift for me because, you know, I taught in a public Spanish immersion program where 20 minutes for this, 30 minutes for this, and it was kind of a rigid environment in the sense of the the time and standards and learning objectives dictated a lot of what we did and when I try to teach Spanish that way to him, it doesn't feel natural to him because that's not how he's learning. And so I have to think about that. Um, But anyways, that's what I bring to the table. I'm fluent. I've been a teacher, so I understand that piece of it. Um, I'm in charge of his environment. So um, while he may have his own personality traits, (laughs) um, we'll talk about that in a little bit. I am in charge of creating the environment around him. So I am in charge of what I set up for him at home or what materials I bring to the table. Um, So that that gives me a sense of control that this is what I can focus on. The other thing um, for me is that I am a highly sensitive parent. So I bring that to the table. I can sense when he's about to reach that limit of I've had enough and you're kind of annoying me now. (laughs) Um, I guess a little bit quicker. And I also love painting and I love creating and I'm very creative. So I bring that to the table and he, I'll um, I'll talk about this. This is kind of what I've been noticing. He's been watching a lot of that through what I've been doing um, during this, this uh, pandemic and, you know, social distancing time. And so um, I can bring a lot of resources to him without him feeling overwhelmed that you know here's all this um now for him i have to kind of think about what he yeah, the baby thinks he's recording the episode too um where he's at right now and one of the really exciting times that we've been going through is that he's really into environmental print right now like Driving him to school today, he must have read every single sign that he saw and with all the political signs up, it's been really interesting with him trying to read all the names or he's reading the names of businesses and he's like, oh my gosh, like there's a silent E in the word drive. And so he's really excited to see letters around him and to see that he can read them now. I mean, he's like reading everything. So um, I've been embedding a lot of that environmental print in my painting. So I'll do a painting every day. And then I add all the words to the painting. And that's, I'm doing that for him. Like I'm not telling him this is what this is and this is what that is. I'm just adding it to the environment of what I'm already doing. And so when we do our um, YouTube videos and all, Talk about that again in a little bit, um it's just part of what I do, and I'm not saying it I'm doing this so that you learn the vocabulary like I'm not doing flashcards with him because he doesn't like that uh, it makes him feel like for- it's forced uh, so yeah. um, so he's having fun with the language, and i I think that's really important for me to keep in mind that if it's if he's not having fun with the activity or it feels a little bit forced, then he's gonna resist a lot more. So I have to kind of push and pull a little bit more with him of push, push, push. Okay, I'm gonna back off a little bit. And that's okay. Like, if that means I switch to English during that time, and I break that, you should only be in Spanish. Like, that's fine, because I've already understood that I'm prioritizing his emotional, mental health over being bilingual. And that will be okay for our family. Um, obviously it's up to you, you know, if you're raising a kid and, and they're a little bit more resilient in that area and you know, not a highly sensitive child and you can be a little bit more rigid with them or they need that, then definitely, you know, this would be different for you. So you have to really look at your child and like, what do I know about my child? And it might be different for siblings, which I, we'll see how the second one goes Um, but he is really in this phase of like, I'm really loving learning about the world, he's making a lot of connections. So, his um teacher is actually from Canada, she speaks French, like that's her first language. And so, he uh, my mom got my youngest son a toy that has the music and the words, and English and Spanish and French, and now he's like, wanting to pick up French and uh, because he sees that as a source of connection with this teacher. And so instead of being like, no, you should only focus on Spanish because that's, you're at home and blah, blah, Like he's looking up French words and he's trying to sound them out. And I took a little bit of French in high school and college. So I can use that to connect with him. And, you know, if he's asking, how do you say this? We can look it up, but he's just really excited for language. Uh, He also really loves art. So he's drawing a lot. And so I have to kind of keep that in mind of, okay, so then maybe this would be a really fun way for us to look at language together and learn Spanish through, oh, let's just paint. And let's embed a lot of the Spanish through this painting time we're sharing together. Um, So ultimately, the plan is to use language as a source of connection. That's ultimately my end goal. I, it's It's obviously to raise a bilingual child, but why am I raising a bilingual child because he sees language as a source of connection, and I want to instill that in him that as he gets older, his language matters that the way you learn language matters um how you make others feel through the language really matters because i you know when I grew up, I heard a lot of my cousins they would feel very um ashamed because parents would correct them very harshly my aunts and uncles would sometimes feel embarrassed that their kids would say a word incorrectly or they would laugh I mean this is kind of mean now that I think back on it it's really mean like they would laugh because it was mispronounced and so that's obviously not the best case scenario for a highly sensitive child so I I want to explain that to my son that you know sometimes you're going to mispronounce things and that's okay and so you know let's use that as a connection tool and and how can you how would that make somebody feel if you laugh at them and, and kind of use that as a learning tool instead of a well no I'm going to he needs to pronounce everything perfect um, but I do know of certain strategies you know like I'll just repeat it again instead of shaming him and making fun of him you know well, I'll say, oh, that's how you say this. Let's just try it with me. And why is that harder to say than this other word? You know, this is a type of syllable because he loves learning about language in general. Um, I can have those conversations with him in English. And then the next time he'll notice a pattern or whatever it is. Um, anyway, so now when I look at the goal area, you know, so my goal is to use language with him as a connection for him to view language as a connection. Um, and like I said, your goals will be different, you know, maybe your goal, like I said, is for your child to learn Spanish so that they can use it in the workforce when they're older. And so you're going to have a different approach and that's perfectly fine because you know your family best and you know what your family needs. Um, so our goal is to use languages connection, um, short-term goals, you know, in the next, three months my goal is to have him read everything around him so obviously I need to surround him with you know good Spanish books I need to surround him with Spanish language in the home I need to start labeling it. we need to relabel things Since after we moved we missed some of our labels but uh, we did an activity when he was I think, where we labeled the house with words in Spanish. And so that would be a really fun weekend activity we can do. Um, he's in this really fun stage right now where he's realizing that he's going to be able to teach his baby brother things. So having a lot of baby board books in Spanish right now is really important because he's I'm reading to the baby and he's hearing me read to the baby with the intonation. That's a skill. And now he's wanting to do that as well. Um, and then the other day, you know, I it was yesterday, yesterday, I don't know. I was reading a book to the baby, but the book was in English. But I was translating it in my head and just reading it to him in Spanish because the baby needs to hear Spanish, obviously. And he's like, "How are you doing that?" And I said, "Well, I look at the words in English, and then in my head, I think of how to say them in Spanish, and then I translate it." so that the baby's just hearing the Spanish part, because that's important for him to hear the Spanish. And he goes, oh, okay. So today on the way to school, he was reading all the signs in English. And then, you know, I'm talking to him in Spanish. And then he started saying Spanish words because he noticed his brother was looking at him. So he's getting the sense of like, I can use Spanish as a way to connect with my baby brother. Um, so there, we're working on our goal already. Um, the other thing I think for him, will be having like sentence starters and sentence frames because he is highly sensitive and he tends to be a little bit of a perfectionist in the way that he he approaches a lot of his work. And this is a conversation I've had with his teacher as well. Uh, We need to have a little bit of support for him where he feels really confident in what he's doing. So having um, sentence starters and sentence frames really helps him um so like we've been recording youtube videos together where i teach right pretend teach him a lesson and then other kids can learn spanish that way that's been the whole thing Um, so i've actually been uploading them to youtube as a way to help parents since i'm not doing the zoom classes on fridays anymore it's a way to create more resources but mostly as a way for us to sit down and have a spanish time together um a little bit more formally without me forcing him to sit and do a lesson with me because then he resists. so if I present things to him and like oh I'm doing this to help others and he sees that and then you know my mother-in-law is like I love your videos I didn't know I'm I, I'm learning so much and so it becomes a bigger way to use a language for him it's really meaningful for him and so he retains a lot more So now he's, you know, pretending he's teaching other people. He's using it in his play by himself. And it's all coming together a little bit more. Um, But I do use a lot of like the same sentence structure with him in those videos. And so it just makes makes him feel more confident in how he's approaching the language. Um, The last thing I wrote down for goals here is, you know, I need to have like a a check-in. So what ha- what tends to happen is I see things working a little bit. I'm like, oh, everything's going great. Let's keep doing that. But then what ends up happening is he gets really bored or kind of like, all right, I'm kind of over this stage. I'm, I'm kind of over making videos. I'm over the whole, you know, environmental print. So I know that's going to change for him quickly. It, usually he tends to go through phases of things where he gets really excited and then he like moves on. So I need to be able to have some sort of like check-in. So I think at the end of the month or at the end of a few weeks, I kind of need to just sit with myself and approach this whole raising a bilingual child or children um, in a more logical way of is what do I notice working? What do I notice he's starting to resist a bit more so that I can back off and throw in something new Um, and that might mean like I signed them up for a class you know an online class in Spanish I know there's a ton of teachers out there that are doing them right now too you know to build extra income and I can support somebody that way or you know hey maybe he can go do this or do a play date and um, the play date has to be in Spanish now or I can talk to a friend you know I have friends who have kids who are also learning spanish and we can have those conversations which we actually did uh this week and we i love talking to friends about language stuff it's such a dork um but we had a lot of really good conversations about the language and i'm just asking them questions like about spanish we know how do you feel about it and all these things and so you know they might have different goals so we can talk about what their goals are for their family what our goals are and then how can we mesh them together so that our kids can both get some of the practice in and we can all work on our on our goals at the same time. So um, I'm going to be putting all of this stuff on an actual type of like worksheet thing this week uh, so that you can use it and approach teaching your children, grandchildren, yourself. How to be a bilingual person in this you know in the world today and I think I think we we are craving a sense you know when I think about you know why why am I on this earth <laughs> I do this a lot as an Enneagram for it's really kind of annoying um I think a lot of the times so we all want the same things but in different ways and so having bilingual children, having a bilingual world, you know, you you go to different parts of the world and people are trilingual with such ease. It's so easy for it to just be a thing. Um, I think sometimes we struggle here because there's, there's so many layers to it. Like I talked about one of the previous episodes, like it wasn't just oh, now I'm going to learn English. It's No, we're going to strip you of your Spanish so that you can learn English. And it's all part of a systematic approach to make you feel a certain way so that you can not fulfill who you were meant to be, it feels like. I know that's really dramatic, but it essentially is that what we're doing to kids. Um, And how are you going to fix that problem without... It feeling so overwhelming and then we just like oh, I can't do anything about it so there's a lot of layers behind this language piece for me and for the people around me my you know my immediate circle so this is one way I want to help <laughs> this is one way that I can control what's going on in my home and that I can share with others what's working and what's not and to kind of say like hey I'm struggling every day too <laughs> like it, it's not It's not a you're by yourself and I'm a Spanish teacher. My son is bilingual. Obviously, that's not happening as easily as I thought it was going to be. But to say that we all struggle in some way and that it's okay. And that the only way that we're going to get through it is by helping each other. And this is my way of helping you. You know, how do you raise a bilingual child? This is one way I'm attempting it and I hope it helps in some way. Um, so like I say, go back and listen to the part one and part two and then this is the plan I will continue to check in with this plan and share resources and a little bit more of behind the scenes of why I'm creating certain things um, you can follow me on instagram at my plata, where I share my daily artwork um, in Spanish that I'm creating and then I have a Facebook page where I shared a lot of like the classes I taught, but I also share my artwork every day. Plata Learning and Teaching Academy. You can go there and follow me. Um, I also have a Pinterest account for that, that I'll be sharing a lot more of like the worksheets I'll be creating and things like that. Um, and if you would like me to send you some of the the stuff I, I create once a month, uh, you can get on my mailing list. Uh, just follow me on Instagram and send me a message or you could just email me at empletalearning at gmail.com and I can add you to my distribution list so you can get the freebies I create once a month and kind of the newsletter I send out so that was a lot of information I hope that it helps and I gotta go because the baby's like okay you're done talking mama that's a lot of talking huh he's shushing me with his finger it's funny I can't figure out if he's shushing me because he thought that uh my son wasn't like on a lesson because that's what I thought was happening but now I think he thinks it means to eat because he keeps looking at the kitchen and putting his little finger on his mouth kind of like I'm hungry I want food so um we're gonna go have a snack right now <laughs> I don't know babies at eight months are so confusing to begin with like they start doing the sign language because we've been doing a lot of like the signing the baby signs and so I'm like I think he might be confusing he's making up his own good job baby okay well I gotta go uh thank you so much for listening and I hope this helps I will talk to you next week hasta luego adios